Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hello, and welcome to The Living Room. My name is Heather, and I'm your host for today's show. And I'm joined by... Jana, Michelle, and Jody. We're so excited to have you here. You know, whether it's a trip to the playground that, get ruined, that gets ruined by the rain... There's no more rainbow sprinkles at the ice cream shop, or Santa doesn't bring everything on the Christmas list. Life is full of little and big disappointments. And as much as we'd like to spare our kids from the letdowns, as parents, part of our job is not to keep them from feeling disappointed, but to help them learn how to get through it. So that's the thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about helping our children or teaching our children to deal with disappointments because unfortunately they don't end once you are no longer a child, right? Anybody been disappointed lately? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could probably do a couple hour show on the disappointments just this week that we've all dealt with. So here's the thing. It's, we have this natural mentality as parents to keep our kids from feeling disappointment. Why? Why? Why are we so adamant that they shouldn't feel this emotion? I think we're afraid of feeling is to be blatant or blatantly honest. We just haven't learned how to embrace feeling that feeling is okay. Whether it's a, a good feeling or a sad feeling, it's all part of feeling. And I'm discovering that for myself, just and and disappointment if we can if we can put off feeling the sadness then we'll put it off for as long as we can let's not feel that and reality we've got to feel we've got to feel the down so we can feel the up and so that's just kind of a blatant statement but i think sometimes we're just flat out afraid to go there sure to have know? feelings you know, that's really interesting because I think we're the opposite of that. And maybe it's because I grew up in a creative household and my husband's creative. And But we are designed to feel. And we embrace every emotion, the, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs. And it's worth experiencing the really hard stuff so that you can really appreciate the good stuff when it comes around. And um, I feel like... You don't want to experience life with a raincoat on when you could feel the rain on your face, right? I feel like there's there's so much to be embraced in every range of our emotions. And so I'm not I'm not afraid to feel, I'm not afraid to let our kids feel. No, I don't think yeah. I am. Well, and I think all of that I believe that totally wholeheartedly. I just have learned about myself that that wow, I grew up learning a few things that prevented me oh, from saying, I want to feel. Yeah, that's and really so then I modeled that for my, my younger, my oldest child, you know, that, and not in a, not in a destructive way that, you know, I mean, she's a, she's a great human being, but just that recognition. I think that there's plenty of us out there that kind of like, Oh, we love the high days. We love the great days. We love the good hair days, but Oh, let's, let's kind of gloss over 
the not so good ones, you know, and that that's where we learn. That's where we grow. All of what you said, I believe in wholeheartedly. I just have to be honest too and say, there's times when I said, darn it, I'd rather not feel that. Can I void? Can I numb? Can I just pretend that that didn't happen? And, uh, and so I think if I'm honest with myself about that, then I'm going to be able to say, Hey kids, guess what? It's good to feel this, even though it doesn't feel good. And this is how we work through it because we can work through it. It's not the end of the world, you know? Whether your popsicle melts or the boyfriend doesn't ask you to the dance or you don't get your first job promotion, it's all going to be okay. It's yeah. not yeah. the message, Absolutely. you know, right. yeah. to be able to deal with the discomfort yeah. and move through it and accept it and yeah. acknowledge it, even in a sense, own it. Right. right. So like you're saying, we can feel it right. and then we can move forward from yeah. that. Right. But I would right. love to have been a fly on your wall and, and just soaked up all of your, you know, feeling good about feeling. That just sounds lovely to me, Janet. <laughs> No, I just think that because I'm an artist, I have to be able to channel those emotions in order to express them. Right. Even whether I'm writing or painting or, or playing the piano, yeah. any of it. Right. It's it's a it's a vehicle that we can channel for expression. And so um, I think I'd probably look at it differently from most people. But I totally agree with Heather in the sense that um, well, I agree with all of you. But I I agree <laughs> in the sense that um, you experience it, you acknowledge it, and then you move on is mm-hmm. so important there's a quote in a book that I just love and I'm gonna I hope I just don't um, get this wrong but she says it's okay to let the blackbirds of happiness land on your head but don't let them build a nest there yeah like my friend's mom always used yeah, to yeah. say if you're going through hell don't stop and build a house there right. exactly yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. Thing. it's that yeah. idea right Yeah. it's like be there acknowledge yes. it feel it and experience it fully yes. right don't numb don't whatever yes. right but then choose to leave right choose to leave that there let it pass through you yeah. right and i think there's no right or wrong for how long you have to stay in that place per se mm-hmm. um i remember when my friend whitney passed away a few years ago she was 29 it was it was terrible and it i i remember feeling mad at myself that i was sad that oh. she had passed away. Oh. Like, because I'm supposed to be this person that has it all together, that helps people work through challenges and trials, and that I wasn't allowed to be sad about that. That's uh-huh. so interesting. But, and then when I finally realized that all, like you, like we've been saying, all of the emotions that we feel are intended to actually benefit us, mm-hmm. and that even the worst sadnesses, at the very mi- minimum, make us appreciate that we have happiness at other times, yeah. but that when we go through those disappointing times, whether it's the loss of someone or a failure or um, something that doesn't quite go our way from little to big things, uh, I think it's okay to feel that, but then also to acknowledge that you don't have to stay there for very long. How can you get yourself out and appreciate that that's not the feeling that you feel all the time and that yeah. that comes mm-hmm. as a circumstance that you can change and affect mm-hmm. and not as a state of being that has to stay with you forever. Right. Well, and this is really interesting because oftentimes disappointments lead to grief, right? Right. And we're so quick. We're tangenting just a little bit. It's kind of cool. We're so quick to think that grief is a negative emotion and that we need to forget, right? Like you're talking about with your friend. We need to forget about that, the job, the disappointment. We need to forget about those disappointments. But actually, grief is an emotion that is meant to help us remember. Right, right. And we don't necessarily think of it that way. But but when it comes to losing someone or whether it is the job 
or whether something didn't pan out. The grief that we feel, grief in and of itself, is a remembering emotion. It's not a forgetting emotion. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of cool when you think of it that way. It's the same way when we say, you know, get over it. Well, we we actually don't need to get over it. It's okay. We can be there. Like you're saying, Jenna, we can sit with that. We can experience that and really feel it and then move out the other side. We read a book years ago called The Pain That Nobody Wants. And it was interesting because truly no one wants pain. And it talked about how our society is so like, let's get some more Advil and let's, you know, find all these ways to avoid pain. Well, it turns out that there is a very, very minute um, portion of the population that doesn't have the ability to feel pain, Hmm. that their, their brain doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't process. No, it, they, they never sense pain. And what happens is they injure themselves to the point that they're crippled. Mm. Because you touch a hot stove. Right, you but touch a you hot stove and you awe. learn, yeah. right? But they don't. And and um, I think it's, it goes on to say that people in leper colonies, that that's the reason that um, that their hands fall off is because they no longer sense pain. And so they'll sit by the fire and not know that they're burning and that kind of thing. And so when I think about that principle, which is really interesting because we never think, oh, that hurt. Oh, that's helping me learn not to do that again, right? Or to avoid that. The same thing is true of emotional pain, right? Those little disappointments kind of teach us things that help us readjust, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one of the huge benefits is that emotional resilience, that comes from disappointment, right? We need that, which is, which is again, why our children need it so badly. They must be able to feel and take in the good and the bad. Otherwise they can't be functioning adults that, that know how to handle life's up and downs. Right. And again, you know, this kind of time sensitive a little bit, but even just when we look back this last month or so to look at our, our nation dealing with an election and with disappointment, yes, no, regardless of what side you stand on or no side at all, Really, we're faced with 50% of the population who are adults who don't know how to handle dis- disappointment. Right. 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 And we We've don't see that. We, yeah. we, we're living it right now where, you know, four years ago it was the other 50%, and now it's this 50%. And an inability to handle disappointment then affects not just our feelings, but our actions. And we can see a lot of them being very juvenile when we don't know how to handle the right. disappointment, right? So it's that emotional resilience, those coping skills, the creative thinking, an ability to communicate, to stay positive, to stay mm-hmm. optimistic. All these mm-hmm. things come from feeling disappointment and working through it. So I guess as we wrap things up with today, what are some ways, and Jana, we can start with you, your thoughts, that you help your children deal with disappointment? The biggest one for me is um, Learned Optimism, that book by Martin Seligman, so where good. he talks about helping children distinguish, and it's like an inoculation that you give them, helping them distinguish between permanent mm-hmm. and pervasive and short-term and single incident. And so when somebody comes home from school and says, nobody likes me, then, you know, you say, well, is it really nobody? It doesn't so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. So So it turns out maybe one person doesn't like you and maybe they don't like you today. And when you start to overgeneralize and and have one disappointing thing, and then you say, oh, that didn't work out, so I'm a bad person, or that didn't work out, so I'm a failure, Um, instead to steer them away from the pervasive and the permanent and help them see everything in the context of short term, right? Uh Then you can prevent the disappointment from going a bad direction. Yeah. Well, and and the overwhelming 
I don't know how to put this, but but the hit it takes on esteem and ability, right? Yes. When you can yes, keep yes. it that short term, then it, it doesn't hit Mm-mm. them or us as a long term esteem ruining situation. Right. right. And then it's I failed at that, mm-hmm. not I am a failure. It's exactly right. right. But there's yeah. a difference there. Mm-hmm. I like to point out the different family members or people in our lives who I see and I like the word optimism, so I'll use that, but I see that optimism in because then that models for them. My dad is a really great example of somebody who has taken disappointment and turned it into optimism. And when we were, uh, when I was 15, we moved from one state to another and my dad went through a whole reconstruction of his business where they went into a chapter 11. So he actually lost the business with his two partners and he had been an entrepreneur since he was 18. He was now going to go work for, for somebody else. And we were moving from a larger city to kind of a Midwestern smaller town and showing up the first day was a totally different experience. You know, we had not moved anywhere except just across town and moving to a smaller town on a lake, you know, little downtown, um, was very small and it just, it didn't feel like we were going to anywhere really exciting. Mm -hmm. And what my dad and my mom did to help us work through that change, especially being a teenager, moving high schools was to create this feeling that, Hey, there's a lot of new things that can happen here. We just haven't discovered them yet. We had a boat and it was fantastic to be able to get out on that lake. And he taught me how to drive the boat so I could have my boating license. And so I go back to that experience and I tell my kids about it. And although they can't really feel what I felt, what my parents did was allowed me to start exploring that, hey, things are going to change. I have to adapt. I might not know everybody at my high school. I might not like the town as much in terms of what it has to offer. But there's going to be new things that I can embrace that can be fun. What they didn't also require of me is to not grieve for what I lost because I had a really good group of friends, really good, you know, safety net in terms of starting high school with friends I've been with for forever. Um, And just the experience overall, I think if I point out, Hey, look what grandpa did. Can I tell you what he did to overcome losing a business Um, or starting a business? My dad started a business when he was 65, 63 years old. Uh When most people retire because he is Mr. Optimism. Hey, what if it could be successful? What if, what if? And I think handling, you know, handling those moments when you can point out, hey, I went through this or so-and-so went through this, um, that helps. It helps you not feel in the boat all by yourself because life is going to bring change and disappointment in different packages. But I like the examples that other people set for my children. And if I can call it out and say, hey, that's a time when, you know, grandpa went through this or grandma went through this or your aunt or your friend, I think those examples can be really powerful. And even with us, right, that ability to empathize, for them to come home and say it was a bad day or she doesn't like me and say, you know what, I remember when I was in third grade, I had a bad day at recess too. Even those little things, right, that helps them understand that they're not alone, that disappointment, we all deal with it and we can get through it and then we can share. Once they ask for advice, we can share with them what we did to help them through that. I think it's important not to use food as how to solve disappointment. (laughs) Listen, stop right there. Yeah, Come on, I totally Show did that. over, show over. And, and it's tomorrow because I'm admitting that's what I do. I say, hey, you know what? We need we need to go through a run-through, a drive-through over our circle. I mean, that's how I solve little disappointments. Oh, yeah, we need cookie dough. You no, know, right? And yeah. so I think that can be used sparingly. But I, I do fear in the one way that I am like, I'm the poster book, a poster child, poster mom for, hey, I can solve this with food. <laughs> food is here. <laughs> 
your coping mechanism like uh, this. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I think that all of these things are important, but one of the things that I think that ties into part of learned optimism and, and sharing other stories is I really feel like I need to help my kids understand perspective. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. my when my nine almost nine-year-old is throwing a giant fit because I just told him that he can't have chips for dinner. So good. So important. That That I have to say to him, when you act like that, about chips, it makes me feel like you're not grateful for the food that I am providing you. And we also need to remember that, and I, I will admit that I have pulled out that there are starving children in <laughs> parts of the country. Yeah, you do but, that. But part of it is helping them understand when they're throwing a fit that in perspective, it's not worth throwing a tantrum about or not worth crying about. Now, if you have this problem or this problem or this problem, well, yes, absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. I can also say, I understand that you feel sad about that. Perf- right. Like, right. I understand that to you, this is a giant deal, right? But what I'm trying to show you is that in the scheme of things, you're throwing a fit about something that is this big instead of this big right. to try to help them see that that they're, because if he's going to throw a fit about that, what Heaven forbid is he going to do when something really terrible happens. Right. Yeah. And not again, I think it's really important to acknowledge the feeling. I understand that you're mad at me. But you don't get to throw a tantrum. It's not worth it. Yeah. it over. So little things like how like can you that. respond to a challenge that that also helps him to go, okay, that's not a big deal. I said what you should say is, is oh mom, you know what? I really wanted chips. But I understand and um, I'd love to eat whatever it is that you'd like to get. Well, and even to take it a step further, and then Jenna, <laughs> we'll go to you. But if we can validate, and then instead yes. of telling them what they need to do, asking them what could be done instead, sure. what solutions and are. not tell them. So if we, if we even go one step further where it's like, I get it. I want chips too. Let's be honest. I want the Doritos instead of this, the broccoli. I, I'm right there with you. And then ask them, so what, what can we do, right? Anytime with disappointment, we can turn it, well, with anything, we can turn it back and say, what are some solutions? How can we go about this differently? Now again, that we're putting the power in their hands so that they can solve those problems down the road, right? Because disappointment's going to happen again so that they can then solve their problems. And that's huge. I have some friends that wrote a book, I Don't Have to Make Everything All Better. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly about that. I read that book. I read it's that a too. great book, it's right? Book. Validate, don't fix, empower them to solve right it's so good Mm -hmm. i also just have to tell you this story because you said the thing about the chips are across the street neighbor in california i was babysitting their kids and uh, the mom came to pick them up and the little one said mommy i had a bad day and the older brother goes no nikki no don't tell him don't she'll tell you the christopher reeve story and then she did You better consider how bad is it, because I'm going to hear the Christopher Reeve story for the right. millionth time. Right. Yes. I think I've done stuff like Isn't that. Isn't that right. awesome? <laughs> but see, I can also do that with like people in my history and my ancestry, right? I can go back and right. you can talk about people who walked for 25 miles oh, yeah. a, a, day a day in the snow, yeah. right? And they're, yeah. they had frostbite and things yeah. like that. And then you can go, oh, you're cold. Yeah, really. But it's tricky yeah. because 
it's so tricky because that's what comes to our mind first, but we actually know that that actually doesn't work as good as we think it right. works. We need to right? yeah. it. It just teaches the kids yeah. to be like, don't, don't say it. Don't, yeah, exactly. don't communicate with mom anymore. <laughs> don't tell her about it. Instead of like Instead of, a mutual understanding. I agree. Can. It is called, what can we do right. about it? What yeah. can we yeah. do about it? Which is so yeah. tricky because as parents, right. our first go-to is like, yeah. people in China starve this, this, starving, <laughs> And it's because our perspective is bigger. We've been on the planet longer. And I got that year ago many years ago thankfully but I got that's like okay my perspective is bigger wider more vast and I know that is something that we really do understand but in those moments when we're trying to put out the tangent yeah, I was gonna say our, it, we get really we go narrow to, we do we get narrow <laughs> and we have to remember it took me 48 years to get here in this place where I can see oh you know I'm not and my child's not gonna have that so I do think it's important to remember that I do think that one of the areas that I continually, continually worked on is to have that come talk to me, come share. I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be a really good listener. And I think with disappointment, sometimes you, we shut down the expression of the disappointment because we, our judgment is we need to be moved on. Wait, haven't we gone down this road? Like um, times, particularly with teenagers, I feel like if they need three weeks to go through something, they need three weeks to go through something. We shouldn't cut them short. And I've learned through positive experiences and negative experiences, but expressing disappointment um, is going to look differently. Sometimes it's journaling. Sometimes it's talking to a friend. Sometimes it's texting, but it's got to be communicated. And I, I do feel those feelings, they will come out somehow. We want them to come out in a positive way, not negative. And therefore the more ability that we provide or the more we provide our our children the space to express disappointment and teach them what healthy disappointment looks like we're going to be better off they're going to be better off and that is a whole that's a whole skill level that we as parents are lucky there's a lot of things to help us learn how to do that if we didn't learn it growing up it's true and i i i have noticed that if i can tell my kids tell me tell me about it Tell me what you're thinking. Yes. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. And even if it's something as simple as the chips, tell me what thoughts you're having in your head. Let's talk about that. And I had, a, I sent the kid off to school and I won't say who it was because later if they hear this, they would die. <laughs> I sent a kid off to school and I found out that for the first four and a half weeks of school that um, they were crying every single day at school. Aww. And I didn't know that until... Um, parent-teacher conferences the very first time and I thought at some point don't you call the mother and say four weeks is a long every single day and so finally at parent-teacher conference I'm talking to them and and when I was able to talk to my child about it um they were saying well I missed you and I was feeling I was feeling sad and I was feeling out of this and so we were able to talk about that and then I was able to to give him I totally let it out. <laughs> or, yeah. her, or, or her. Or her. Or it. Or, yeah, that them. person. <laughs> me. Um, it was some me. thoughts and tools. But then when they came home, we had some good conversations about feelings and what kinds of things did you think about and and what did you do that happened. And so that I could also validate that thought and that mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. But also, it's not just the things that happen when I'm there. I have to help them for the things that happen when When they're not there. So, but I also said, I will always be here and I want to hear everything that you have. So if you ever have that moment where you're gone at school, you're not with me and you know that there's a struggle or a challenge, like go like this and put it on a shelf. 
and say, this is the shelf for mom. And I'm going to talk to mom about this and I'm going to put this on the shelf so that, that they could remember that, but they could kind of figure out how to let it go. And, and, but then also know that I'm the one I, you can talk to about that. I'm happy to help you. I want you to know that I will be there for you. I want to hear all the thoughts and feelings, and then I'll try to help you figure out um, how we can get through it. Yeah. And it also teaches that sometimes you don't get to solve the problem. Well, oftentimes in that particular space of time mm-hmm. that it's happening, you have to solve it later. And that's a healthier way to do it. When you say, Oh, okay. I'm really emotional right now. I'm really not going to be uh-huh. able to solve mm-hmm. this in the best way possible. I love the idea. Put it on the shelf. There are other days to solve those problems. There's other well, days to deal with the disappointment and it's okay. Well, and that leads to delayed gratification, right? Which is so yes. important for our children to understand they must, yeah. whether it's disappointment, whether it's anything that they have to understand that it might not be right now or it can't be right now or that's not what it looks like, but that there's that delayed gratification, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I know there's that study. We've probably all heard about it where they took the toddlers, three and four year olds, and they gave them the marshmallows. Have you heard that? Oh, yes. Right? Yes. yes. And they put the marshmallows in front of them. And the way it works was they put the marshmallows there and the study went, if you don't touch these and you can wait till I come back in the room, you can have all of them. Or else you can have one and eat it right now, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. And most, a lot of the kids did what? Ate, ate them immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a handful, though, that found ways to cope, to deal, tap their fingers, sing songs, dance around, whatever they had to, to wait for that person to come back in. Well, what I love about this study is that we don't recognize that this is actually a longitudinal study. It's mm-hmm. still going on. Yes. And so 40 years down the road, these same children who knew how to delay gratification are still being studied. The kids who delayed gratification got into better colleges, have done better in school, are more successful in the, in the workplace, are more emotionally stable when it comes to their families. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, those kids that couldn't wait, they've run into more drug problems. They've run into more issues with the law, all of these things. And we never talk about that part of it. We never talk about that longitudinal effect. We're so quick right. to talk about you know, what happened in the, those cute little kids in the marshmallows. But when it comes to being disappointed, I think that's really important to help our children learn to deal with or understand the gratification so that they as adults can still handle it. And it's interesting because that's one of the hardest things to teach because I have a child, like we went to this activity and it was to teach kids financial literacy and they gave kids money when they first came in and they could use it to go in the bounce house, like pretend money, Mm -hmm. go in the bounce house, buy treats, do other things. And they said, when you came in, you get these 20 bucks. Now, if you can wait 20 minutes, we'll give you 20 more. And if you can't wait 20 minutes, this is all the money that you get. And my daughter, and this is in anything, like if you tell her she can have one piece of gum now or three pieces of gum later, she will choose the gum. Uh Now, my son will wait. I and That's so kids and the, the, yeah, Gavin totally so got awesome. that. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to wait. I get 40. Yeah. I get, I get more. Yeah. Oh, that's total. And so he figured out how to, but, awesome. but Macy mm-hmm. is like, right now I will take the one piece of gum yeah. and instead of four. And that's her, that's her currency, man. It doesn't matter if you give that woman 40 bucks. <laughs> we have a daughter like that too. Okay? Her currency is gum. That's gum. all it is. Honestly, <laughs> no I, money, no toys, gum, gum. That's I so funny. It is. That was gum. contraband in our house. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. My husband hates it too. But, but I can get a lot of mileage. Oh, yeah, for sure. okay. But so that's, that's, but I cannot, I'm having a hard time helping her understand the benefits of waiting for something. And, uh-huh. and sometimes I'll just make her wait just to make her wait to, so that she can think through that. It's not yes. that big of a deal in the end, but, but yeah, I, I see, I see the behavior and I see how that one trait mm-hmm. translates into ability to focus in school and mm-hmm. 
ability to be able to be patient and not be terrible when we're trying to get looking forward to an activity and you almost don't want to tell her that we're going on a trip because it's like can we go right now well no that does not work <laughs> because it's what we got away yeah. well and you know that's another really good you bring up another really good suggestion here in managing expectations right and one of the best mm-hmm. ways we can do it is instead of telling our children their absolutes like we are going to the zoo on saturday you tell them that there are possibilities, right? There's a possibility that we can go to the zoo on Saturday. And so one, it helps them again to process it, but then it's not in this, you said absolute instead it's possibility, right? Which I had a daughter in first grade. So we looked up the word possibility. I used that and I can't remember if it was possibility, but literally came back and said, so mom, here's the definition of possibility. Like in her own little first grade language, how likely is it that we'll really go? (laughs) And I just have to say, that's just her personality. Because you know she's like I, I she, she lives in absolute. Yeah. Yes. But no, I think that's perfect. To, to yeah, the possibilities like, instead the possibility, of an absolute. Right you now. Mm-hmm. Well, and before we move to from Michelle, what you were talking about that delayed gratification, one of the best ways to teach that, which is so cool, is right in our home homes by establishing our house rules, mm-hmm. where those expectations clean your room and then this happens. Yes. Do this and then we get yeah. to do that. Right. Not that there that either one is negative. It's just there is an order of operations mm-hmm. in this home. And the order is that once teeth are brushed and beds are made, then we play. Mm-hmm. And that order right there helps them understand, right, that delayed gratification. Well, we just have a couple minutes, and I brought for us the three, how am I going to put this, most wrong things we say as parents when our kids okay. are disappointed. Okay. okay. So we'll end with these with then suggestions to do different. But as I say them, hopefully we'll all laugh because they've all come out of our mouths way too many times. <laughs> but these are the top three things we say when our children are dealing with disappointment. The first one we say is, hey, stop. You're acting like a baby. Um, oh, I, I didn't have say we, that. Have we heard that one? Right. Probably a lot out of our own mouths. You're acting like a baby. So whenever we want to say this, we want to bite our tongue really quick. And instead, the sentence needs to be, hey, it's OK to be, feel disappointed. I'd be upset in this situation, too. Yeah. It's just validation. Nice. That's all it is. Right. So yeah. no more. You're acting like a baby, which I want to say so many times, even to my grown, not grown, but like my 12, 14. I want to go. What are you like two? stop? Don't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. But we can't. We can't say those things. OK, the next one that we tend to say when our kids are disappointed is let's do this instead mm-hmm. now we don't necessarily think that's a negative one when we first hear it but it actually is we want to go the other way all the time we want to instead say hey do you have any ideas for what we can do instead do you have any ideas for what we can yeah. do empowering okay. them right so the key is to allow question, them yeah. to, to answer that question do you have any idea and then the last one and this one oh man this is right there with the baby one for me in my <laughs> brain it always goes to my brain and then i have to stop it and say the right thing but I, I want to look at them and I want to say, hey, it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. This is not a big deal. Okay, but the problem is it actually is to them yeah. because they are not me and they don't understand. So it is a big deal. So instead, it's just validation. Hey, I know this is hard for you. That's all we have to do. Very, very simple. Now, the cool thing is if we'll change the things that we say to them, what we get back from them will dramatically change. And instead, we'll empower them to deal with those disappointments instead of shutting them down and then feeling trapped in that disappointment. So as we wrap things up, that's all for our discussion today about helping our children deal with disappointments. We appreciate you joining us. We hope you'll join us in this conversation and others and engage with us online and through our social media outlets. Until next time, remember to give yourself, your family, and your disappointments some living room. 
Thanks for coming to the living room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.